Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. I do. We are well. Um, we uh, were traveling yesterday. I'm sorry that I wasn't with you in person, but we needed to uh, run a rerun, an encore. Um, some of you may not have even realized that. Um, but it's so good to be with you. It is so good to be with you. Um, we were out looking at the a possibility of a new home and some property that was offered to us. Uh, we went out of state. We drove. We didn't fly. Um, we're just fine. And um, it's not going to work out at all. So uh, we, here we are still in Tulsa looking for a new home and a, a good bishop to invite us. Um, and all in God's time. Um, so we are back. And um, I promised you uh, on Friday that on Monday, which didn't turn out because we were uh, away quickly, a little bit unexpectedly, um, that I have, uh, because I read so long on Friday, um, that I would spend most of today's program um, uh, answering your calls and your emails and your questions and uh, we've got so many people that have written over such a long time and we have to get we have to get to you um but i just want to mention something um most of you because i think um uh, between live site news and station of the cross the program the programs go out to to millions all over the world um, and we have a very tiny mailing list compared to that. But whoever's on our mailing list would have received yesterday uh, a little video. And I titled it, um, How to Persevere in Hard Times. It is so sweet. It is so adorable. It's a little baby cub, a bear cub, trying to get to his mom, trying to get up a, a cliff, um, that's snow covered and the, he follows his mom and she gets to the top and she's waiting for him and he keeps sliding down and he doesn't give up it is so great i couldn't hold it to myself so i sent it out in an email it's just at the probably not even three minute video so if you haven't seen it and want to see it uh it's right on the home page of our website and you can go to mother of israel's org. And Israel's is R, um, listen to me, R, I-S-R-A-E-L-S. It's A-E-L-S for Sam, and then the word hope, H-O-P-E dot org, Mother of Israel's Hope dot org. We are the daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, and our website is Mother of Israel's Hope dot org. And it's right on top on our homepage. You won't have to even find it. It is so great, and I put a little message with it. And so how to persevere in hard times. And the bottom line is never give up. How do we not give up? By not giving up. That's what we, I, I've, I've told people I have one PhD that I've earned in life. It's never giving up. It, that's the only thing I really know how to do well is not give up. And I have spent my entire life not giving up. 
and um, I think you'll love this little video. We have a whole ton of responses to it, more probably than for any other video ever. Um, it's just so encouraging, um, uh, especially at this time, especially at this time, beloved. So um, our toll-free number to call in, if you wish, is one 877 Five four eight three. The email is mother at thestationofthecross dot com. And I'm just going to take. We normally uh, go to the calls and emails at our second break. Today we'll go at our first break, which is just not long from now. I just want to read you a little bit, and this is from. Um, you know, I thought we've been going through uh, theology for beginners by Frank Sheed. But I've thought that probably doesn't work very well on your end because um, there are days that I'm every once in a while if if I'm not able to be here or um, maybe something urgent comes up or there's a news item that I really uh, want to get to you and, and talk about. Um, so many different things happen and it's it's slow going through a book like that and picking up where we left off and it can be... Uh, frustrating on your end so i've decided not to do that i suggest the book i recommend theology for beginners by frank sheed for everybody i think it's outstanding you don't have to be a beginner uh, but it will help you greatly in the understanding of the faith it's one thing to know the faith uh, to have answers is another thing to to know it um not gnosis knowledge but epignosis deep in your heart and to have wisdom and understanding. That's what, that's what it gives. But there's a little book I've had for quite a while. It's The Spiritual Maxims, M-A-X-I-M-S, Maxims, Spiritual Maxims of uh, St. Francis de Sales. And you know he's my spiritual director from heaven, and I love St. Francis de Sales. He's one of our four patrons with Our Lady of Guadalupe, St. Joseph, St. Benedict, and because we're Benedictine, and St. Francis de Sales, who I believe led me to St. Benedict, because I'm a dreamer, and St. Benedict is tremendously um, organized and um, disciplined, that's the word, and I'm not, so I need someone like that. <laughs> it's the perfect rule for us. Okay, let me just read um, the beginning of this, uh, just the first area. The, the, the section is called To Love or to die. And you know love is the basis of everything. So, um, And these are just sayings of his. Um, between death and love, there is no alternative. Okay. Between death and love, there is no alternative. If we do not love, beloved, I'll just expand, there's death. That's it. Death or love, between the two, there's no alternative. And then these are all little sayings, little maxims. Love and death are so mingled in the passion of our Lord that we cannot have the one in our heart without the other. I'm going to read each of these twice because they're, each of them could be a book. Love and death are so mingled in the passion of our Lord that we cannot have the one in our heart without the other. And this subtitle and and all of the quotes that are going to follow all of them and i uh i'll stop after that 
are under the subheading of love alone. Love alone. And I'm going to tell you, uh, we have been finding, you all have the news just like we do. We have no privileged route to the news, no firsthand uh, privilege, nothing. And not a lot of people send us many articles. So I sometimes see things that I wouldn't have otherwise or I've seen just like that little cute video I sent out by email last night. And that's on our homepage. Oh, it's just so wonderful. I hope you watch it. It's it's adorable. And maybe it'll bring you some comfort. <clears throat> but um, I also read some and, and saw a little um, news video yesterday of what is... Um, it could be titled pure evil, pure evil, and it has to do with this virus and the group of people in government in collusion with others, all of this. It, it sounds like a mystery novel, but it's true that ha- are, are trying to simply kill off the human race. Um, it's it's here. It's in our country. It's an amazing thing. You could look up news. You could do all that. I'm I'm not uh, privileged to these. Uh, and I I read it and I thought, my goodness, it's my heart was sick. It was it's just evil. What's going on? It's beyond what we even could imagine. It's absolute evil. Um, and it includes the evil in our own country. Uh, really with people with hearts that want to destroy the entire world and and murder people and they already have through vaccines and now they want another vaccine and the coronavirus is their opportunity which they also helped to manufacture and spread um as bill gates said Everyone should be locked down till every single person in the, on the globe is vaccine. Now, that's, I think, 7 billion people. And um, it just means that billions of us or millions of us would simply die. And I, I say to you right now, it just sounds like conspiracy theory, but it's happening. It's true. I, I'm, this is not some hearsay. This is straight from the horse's mouths, uh, the people that are doing this. Um And I would say to you, uh, don't receive a vaccine, no matter what. Don't receive a vaccine. It's it's absolutely scary. So um, I could give, I don't have on hand the name of the report in the video that I watched, uh, but I, I can get that for you. I can get that for you. So listening to it, I was absolutely sick to my stomach, and um, I don't know if the word is shocked, but incredibly amazed and somewhat alarmed that this could go on right under our nose, um, but it, it, it has, and it is, and I'm telling you this morning, um, do I live completely without fear? No. Uh, fear for evil, uh, disgust for evil. Um, but my heart is at peace because God lives within me and he's a God of love and nothing will touch you that he doesn't allow. So we remain at peace. We remain in love with the God who was put to death by us and rose from the dead to give us life and bring us to heaven. And that's our focus. And that's all that matters. We'll be right back. 
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. We have three quarters of an hour together, and I'm going to stop reading and talking and do just what I said and get to your questions. So call in with anything on your heart. It never has to be our subject. The, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Call in toll-free or text one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Uh, we have an email from Michelle and she says, Mother Miriam, can our guardian angels be sent to our loved ones to help them change their ways? Um, the answer is yes. We can ask our guardian angels uh, to go anywhere to help anyone, to help any situation. Yes, we can ask them. Um, Michelle says, I have grown children who no longer practice their faith and an ex-husband who's living with his mistress. Uh, this distresses me more than you can imagine. I'm sure of that, Michelle. I don't want any of them to go to hell. I pray for them and have tried so hard to talk to my husband about what will happen to him if he continues to live his adulterous lifestyle to no avail. Please advise me as to what I can do besides prayer and pleading. I thought the angels could be sent to them and guide them to righteousness. Thank you so much, Michelle. 
Well, yes, the angels can be sent to them. I think it's uh, up to God what would happen um, in that situation, of course. Um, I wouldn't plead with them if your husband's living in an adulterous situation. I'm, I'm guessing he's out of the house, and he should be. And just pray for them. You present the, the gospel to them, both of them if you can, and then just pray and leave them in their own lifestyle. And don't continue to be involved in their life. Don't continue to plead with them, uh, all of that, because um, uh, as long as you do, they're going to, in a strange way, they may still feel loved and cared for, you see, especially your husband. Um, But Apostle Paul says to the Thessalonians, if if someone sins like that and and keeps repeating the sin, put them out. Because when you put them out, you turn them over to Satan. And then they begin to experience life outside of um, uh, Christianity, outside of the fellowship, so to speak, um, outside of God's world. And that's very important. So I would not plead with them. I would make things clear, as I think you have, and pray and offer sacrifices and stay away. Completely stay away. Okay, we have an email from Peppa. Um, uh, Peppa says, Hi, Mother Miriam. I'm a mother and grandmother of seven children. Most of them are married to or not. The situation I want to share with you is about my husband being so suspicious and jealous uh, with lack of trust. She says, Early on in our marriage, he committed adultery. I forgave him because of my faith as a Catholic woman and trust in God following the commandments. I've been faithful to him. He was a heavy alcoholic drinker, verbal abuser, sometimes physical abuser. What puzzles me, Mother, is that he's a prayerful man. Ever since we got married, we prayed as a family with our children, attending Mass every Sunday we never missed. Now that we are retired, we attend daily Mass. Oh, my goodness. And this email could have been written before the COVID virus. But there are um, there are still people that are able and different circumstances to attend daily mass. My biggest issue, she says, is that all my son-in-laws, he does not trust them, that he does not trust my son-in-laws with me. I tried encouraging him for us to seek marriage counseling. He wouldn't. Mother, do you think his trauma, he is, tr- the, the, the English and, and spelling, and this is, is uh, very bad, so I'm trying to put it together as I read it. Mother, do you think he is traumatized from previous sins he's committed, even though he already went to confession? It's possible. This marriage is hanging in there because of prayers, faith, and me being a private person. I'm embarrassed of the situation that I've been in for many years. Please help me with your advice. Thank you, Peppa. Well, Peppa, I'm not, um, it, 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 there's no way for me to know your husband's background. He's, he's committed adultery. He's been an alcoholic. Why he doesn't trust you, I don't know. And maybe he's suspicious of you because of his lack of trust in himself. Um, sometimes we put on other people what are our own shortcomings or faults or sins. So, I can't know why he does not trust you or why um, uh, he says my biggest issue is that all my son-in-laws, he does not trust them with me. So that would be the men married to your daughters. 
that your husband doesn't trust with you. Well, the only thing I can imagine is that even though you're a private person, your husband doesn't trust that you won't let them in on his sins and his past life and the life he lives even today. So um, I, I can't even think of anything else. Um, it's one thing if if um, daughters and sons and daughters-in-law and sons-in-law don't trust uh, their moms and dads, the grandparents with the children for some bad reason, but to not trust the son-in-laws is... Um, I don't understand that, again, unless he's afraid that his secrecy won't be kept. Um, It's hard to tell you what to do, um, Peppa, in all of this. Uh, I would just um, read a couple of books, get a spiritual director, and read some books on what it is to be a holy, faithful woman and wife. And woman of God. And uh, to be the best woman you can be for him. I would see a psychologist um, and discuss, uh, if you could, your your husband's problems. You haven't indicated any of your own. But the issue would be if someone can um, get a good idea, even from you, of your husband, they may be able to help you um in how best to help him that's the thought i have so if you can get a spiritual director or better a psychologist as someone that you can express this to and they can help you that would be great um if your husband won't go to counseling or marriage counseling you can't force that um if if your husband won't let you be around your sons-in-laws and he doesn't trust you, uh, it, it doesn't seem uh, difficult that you could say, why don't you trust me? And he should be able to answer you in that. And, and take his answer seriously, whether it's his own um, problem or uh, he has reason to... to um, feel he can't trust you or that again he's afraid of his own life being exposed uh, i hope you've asked him why but ask him when you're when there's no argument when there's no trauma over dinner say sweetheart why can you tell me why you don't trust me with our 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 son-in-laws can you can you express that to me because whatever it is that's caused you to feel that way i want to correct it all right so speak to him lovingly don't beg don't nag, don't uh, holler at him, but ask him truly, say, sweetheart, I, I really want to change, I want to improve, and I want to know why you feel that way, all right? Um, all right, we're going to go on to an email from Alex. <clears throat> Alex writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I've been stuck on this lately, straight to the point. I think it's probable the life I live tempts me to sin more than if I were to cast it away and live somewhere more primitively. It's nothing horrible. Just everything that comes with technology, the supply chains we live on, etc. You know what I mean, modern life in America. But contrary to this, I have a fantastic relationship with my parents. I've grown up a practicing Catholic, and it most definitely seems to me the opportunities I've had, and the family I have are extraordinary blessings. 
That's wonderful, Alex. What I am, what am I to do with these thoughts? I've thought that perhaps it could be that even knowing this, that it might be true, and not saying that I've never experienced some level of suffering at this point in my early 20s, but if I didn't go so far as to live a life of poverty, or at least closer to the literal example Jesus gave, this would condemn me to eternity in hell. Alex, your sentences are not very clear, and so I'm going to continue to read your email to see if I can understand better what you're saying. Alex says, I'm also thinking there's some level of difference from what is recorded in the Bible and the lifestyle of Jesus before his passion. Obviously sinless his entire life, though, but relative to the progress of the society he was in, like if he would spend a lot of time doing anything in particular, like cooking things he enjoyed or going places that made him happy. And with this line of thinking, I would be wrong because obviously temptations existed for him to overindulge in the offers of the world as well. So I have no idea. Hope you are well, Alex. I think I got your point and you're right. There's no difference between our Lord's life uh, in the Bible and the life he actually lived. He would not overindulge in anything he would not spend time doing one thing in particular like cooking or going to places that made him happy he spent a lot of time learning to be a carpenter from his dad saint joseph that's for sure but um he doesn't go to places that make him happy there is no place in this world that could make our lord happy every one of them would would there's no way he he's with god How could anything be greater than that? How could any man-made thing make him happier than that? There are things he would be pleased about and enjoy, uh, good moral things, yes, but nothing that would make him happy as if he needs that he lacks happiness. My goodness, he is is perfect beatitude. He is perfect bliss. So um, my suggestion, Alex, um, if the world is affecting you so strongly... um, pretty much stay out of it i'm a religious and i stay out of it and even when i'm in it i'm not tempted by it at all i might be tempted by a certain food or uh uh, whatever it may be i might enjoy that and you know want to stop and get something at times or bring something home if we're shopping i mean that those we're subject we're subject to those things but we don't have to do them and for the most part we do we don't once in a while um, yesterday was a, an amazing, horrendous day, uh, 14 hours for us of a lot of things that happened. And we actually stopped and got a treat on the way home. That's a first uh, for us. It was really special. So um, what I suggest here, Alex, is throw your TV out. Don't watch it. Get rid of your computer. Have a phone, but not an iPhone. And read books. Read good, holy books. Get a spiritual director, um, join a holy Catholic apostolate of some kind where you can give your life away to those without God. If somebody said, you're eating sugar and it's killing you, if you continue to eat, you'll die, you'd have to get off sugar. And you know what's killing you. You know what's bringing you down and bothering you, and it's going to destroy you. It already is destroying you. Stop it. Get away from the world. Be in it and not of it. Find a way to give your life away to the poor, to those who need Christ. We'll be right back. 
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Hi, this is Terry Barber from the Terry and Jesse Show. Every week we bring you the gospel with clarity and charity. We want you to know Jesus and his bride, the church. If you have any questions about the faith or what is happening in the church, be sure to tune in each week. We love it when you join the conversation at 888-526-2151. It's the Terry and Jesse Show, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, heard around the world on the iCatholic radio app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Now we have a whole half hour together. We've already spent 15 minutes, so I'm, I'm thrilled to have this much time. And we're going to just continue on with your emails. Uh, we have an email from Susan. Dear Mother Miriam, you are the only person that I trust will answer my questions in truth. I'm extremely frustrated and would be happy if you could address the following. Missing Mass is a mortal sin. And that, of course, you mean missing Mass on Sunday, and you're right. So we are taught in the Catholic faith, that's right. Missing Mass is now not a mortal sin since the COVID-19 virus gave power to the government to shut down churches from having Mass. I'm going to talk through your email, Susan, uh, rather than wait till the end to, and miss so many points. The only reason that missing mass on sunday is not a mortal sin uh is because the bishops not the government have lifted our sunday obligation during this coronavirus time that's why um uh so it's not because the government has shut down the churches it's because the bishops have lifted the um the obli- the obligation uh on pain of sin to go 
that we don't have to go to mass because in most cases we cannot. I want to say something else about this sentence. Um, the COVID-19 virus gave power to the government to shut down churches from having mass. It did not. The government shut down churches, but they had no right and no power to do it. The, ma- the COVID-19 did not give them power to do that. The church gave them power to do it because they fought, they obeyed the government and they should not have. No one in the government has any right to, ha- to interfere with the Catholic faith. Uh, there's no one. The whole thing was insane. It still is. Uh, laundromats are open and liquor stores are open and supermarkets are open. Planned Parenthood is open. You can murder babies, but you can't go to mass. The government um, has no power for any of that. It took power illegitimately. And um, the church, unfortunately, just went along with it. And then she continues to write, so disappointing that the church never even put up a fight, you're right, to try to stay open, um, like the following. Here you've said it, abortion facilities, Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot, um, Wegmans, I don't know, smoke shops, liquor stores, Target, gas stations, etc. are open. Several of my family members go to work every day and take the precautions that are now in place. Susan, you're right. It is an enormous failure on the part of our bishops i I have nothing else that i can conclude an enormous failure no one has any right as our top uh, prelates uh, cardinal Seurat, uh, uh, cardinal burke bishop athanasius snyder uh, cardinal Mueller, and others no one has a right to deny the faithful the sacraments no bishop no priest no government no one There's a plot behind this. I think we know it by now. And so uh, Susan says, so we don't need to go to confession for missing mass at this point? No, Susan, because the obligation has been lifted. So it's, it's not a sin at all. She says mass is now online. If we don't, don't do an online mass, is this a mortal sin? Absolutely not. You cannot do an online mass. Looking, uh, watching an online mass may help you spiritually, but it is not mass. It is not the same as going to mass. Absolutely not. Um, and she says murder is a mortal sin. COVID-19 does not change this. That's right. So missing mass really cannot be a mortal sin since it was so easy to lock the doors. Well, I'm, that's a terrible conclusion, Susan. Um, Murder is a mortal sin. Yes, you cannot kill a soul, but um, it is God's uh, law that murder is mortal sin, and it is also God's law that missing Mass on Sunday is mortal sin unless the obligation has been lifted. No bishop is going to, hopefully, is going to lift the obligation on murder. Don't worry if you murder somebody, it's not a sin. There's no, there's no way. But uh, that's direct to death. Go, not going to Mass on Sunday is not death, not killing someone, although it's not good for our souls at all. It's kind of a slow death. So, um, no, 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 no. Um, uh, it's, it's, it, it's something that the bishops have a right to lift. Uh, the problem is no government and no bishop and no priest no human being under any title has the right or the power to deny us the sacraments 
and to stop us from going to church. They do it, but it's not sin on our part. Um, we have a call from Ron in Syracuse. Hello, Ron. Hello, Mother. Good morning. It's been a Good long time to talk to you. Oh, <laughs> dear one. How's the weather in Syracuse? Well, it's uh, we hit frost here this morning, and uh, we had a little snow over the weekend, but okay. uh, spring is coming, they say. No, it came here to Tulsa, that's for sure. But uh, good, I'm glad it's coming to Syracuse. God get, God bless you, Ron. Tell me what your question is. Okay, um, Mother, I have a huge question. I mm-hmm. listened, uh, well, I watched on EWTN, I don't know, a week, 10 days ago, about the movie, A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. Have you watched mm-hmm. that, Mother? That's Saul Alinsky? Yes, and mm-hmm. my big yeah. question is, how could... They, they showed in, in that movie there how like 1,200 priests were ordained with this sort of thinking, the socialist or communist. Through the could communist effort, yes, yes. Our, mm-hmm. Yeah, how, go ahead, I'm how sorry. How could this have come into our Catholic Church with so many, I would say, like safeguards, you know, from the, the Pope and stuff and the, the bishops and cardinals, and how could they let this in? Didn't they see this coming and, and coming up and, you know, uh, so many different, like, lifestyles now in the, in the church that are illicit and that not yeah. right? And how could this pervade against our church? I, well, I can't get over that. I know it, Ron. Now we know the uh, deception uh, of evil. Uh, Bella Dodd wrote School of Darkness. That may not be the name of her book, but she was part of the Communist Party and said that single-handedly she put 1,200 men into the priesthood. Good, they chose them. Good, uh, handsome, strong, young, intelligent men with absolutely no faith. And they went through seminary and they became priests and now they're cardinals. And they are, they were it, it, read Dr. Taylor Marshall's book Infiltration. That's what happened. Um, it's uh, we wish there were those, some kind of safeguard like that, but but there's not. And I think I've not even thought this before. I just thought it with your question, Ron, that the church has um, even those uh, so-called good bishops. My goodness, millions of them, thousands of them, who didn't come in through falsehood and communism and socialism and all of that to destroy the church but they have lost their faith and they have not taught for three generations lost to the faith and even if they're good moral men they're silent they have let the sheep be destroyed and in that atmosphere it's it's easy for wolves and sheep clothing to function without any question but mother, okay, twelve hundred. Didn't the word? That's get only out by eight? one woman. There are thousands, not twelve hundred, but thousands Whoa. that came into the church. Yeah, okay. I mean, one woman brought it in, but there's thousands. I mean, when somebody at the top, whoever that would be, say, "Hey, look at this isn't right. Kick them out. Get, get them out of here. This is not yeah. our faith." Yeah, um, but you why, see, why, now, why, I don't think they yeah. could know that. If listen, these are good, uh, intelligent smart men who are expert at a lie because they are their god is the father of lies um and now look at the seminaries without that flooded with homosexuality destroyed with homosexuality seminarians and priests and bishops destroyed 
it's a whole different subject. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's um, there's no safeguard in that. There's no way to tell who's good and who's not. It's it's really it's just it's what Our Lady of Fatima, dear Ron, Our Lady of Akita. Um, other things. There's coming up, you may have seen it, some of you, the Rome Forum, uh, put on by Voice of the Family, LifeSite News is involved, uh, a Society for the Protection of the Unborn, uh, many magnificent, their, their, their speakers are a dozen holy top men of the church. And their topic, it's going to be May 20th. I, I didn't plan to announce this, beloved, but you can go on the Internet and you can register online for free and not have to attend in person. And there's no price. And it's called uh, Fatima and the Coronavirus or the Coronavirus and Fatima. It's awful. It's, it's Satan's uh, plan to destroy the people of God began in the Garden of Evil and it has never, ever stopped. Yeah, but, but I, uh, I know it's I unbelievable. It, but, but I can't see how so many people in the Vatican didn't catch this and 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 put mm-hmm. their thumb on it and say, no, 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 this isn't right. Kick those people out that are teaching it and, and we indoctrinate those priests uh, in the right way or so. But when the, when they found this out, uh, I'm sure they had to find this out. People at the top of the they're good, holy uh, clergy. Why didn't they? Uh, correct this or stop this i don't know if they found it out i don't know who has found it out but the people at the top were also corrupt in many cases wow and now they are the people at the top i know i had a daughter that went in a convent oh my gosh it was was so beautiful and somebody came in and this woman and destroyed it and it left and it just broke her heart but oh. oh she had many talks with uh, bishops and uh, exorcism over it because of what was going on there in this so-called convent. It started off beautiful, but this woman came in and absolutely destroyed it. And Mother, she they wanted to talk to her what happened. They talked. She wrote a, a, a huge uh, paper on it, what happened, and very little, if anything, happened. Now, you're taking my word for it, but Mother, it was not good. I am taking all. your word for it, Ron. How old is your daughter? She's forty-three now. Is she married? She, she, no, no. She, she uh, never married, and uh, I don't know if she, she will. She's a beautiful young girl, but uh, it just broke her heart because ever since she was nine years old, she wanted to be a nun, and, and she went to Franciscan University, and, and she was put on to this beautiful uh, oh, order there through Franciscan. Oh. And uh, I could tell you some beautiful stories, but then all of a sudden. It just turned. You see, that's it. That's this. That's the devil's work. Well, you tell her, Ron, if she still wants to be a nun, age is not an issue for us, and she can give me a call, or at least if she wants to have a conversation. Oh, to bring tears to my eyes because that was her calling. Yeah. Well, sweetheart. um, Thank thank you very. Yeah, she can call me because if it's a calling. Uh, she may still have that opportunity. And you can tell her that um, it, as hard, as difficult a message as it is, nothing happens that God doesn't allow. So he had a purpose in it. What his purpose in that? To, to have a... Uh, I had somebody that was satanic come into our group and just about destroyed it as well until I had some help in putting her out. Demonic 
she had the devil in her. I had never experienced anything like it before. Well, when we were in St. Louis, not in Tulsa. Amazing. I, I it's just frightening. Well, sickening. Yeah, yeah, sweetie. Okay, you right. gotta go. I do. There's the music, sweetheart. Uh, Tell your daughter. I mean this. Look us up. Daughter, uh, daughters of Mary, mother of Israel, and and she can give me a call if she wishes directly. Okay. We have uh, someone anonymous calling from Canada, and we will be right back with you after the break. Um, Don't go away. Our toll-free number one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Put your pro-life convictions into action and stand out for life every Saturday morning, wherever you may be. We'll be broadcasting live 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern, hosted by myself, Jim Havens, and Father Stephen Imbarato as we stand out live on location. But this is more than a broadcast. It's a call to action. Grab a pro-life sign and publicly take a stand outside of a local abortion center or any high-traffic area like an exit ramp, overpass, or street corner. And as you do, listen to the Stand Out for Life broadcast. If you're in the Eastern Time Zone, stand out from 9 to 10 a.m. and listen live. But if you're in a different time zone, the broadcast is easily available to you via podcast shortly after it airs on the iCatholic Radio app. So you can stand out and listen anytime that is most convenient for you. The main thing is that we all take at least an hour to stand out for life in public witness every Saturday, even if it's just sitting on the front porch holding a pro-life sign. Whatever you can do, we all must take a part in public witness for the end of abortion. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and you've got a, we've got a good 10 minutes, and our phone lines are wide open. And so um, 
feel free to call in with anything on your heart. We're going to see if we can catch up on another couple of emails. These emails have been here for a while, and uh, we need to catch up. So we have an email from Mia. Mia says, Hi, Mother. I hope you are well. I wrote in last week, and you were a massive help. Thank you for your advice. You're welcome, Nellie. I'm, uh, Mia, rather. I'm so glad that you... Um, um, that you uh, that you were helped by that. I have a very serious question, and with the churches shut down, I don't know who to ask. My mother just passed away this weekend. Oh, Mia, I'm so sorry, and I don't have the date of your email, so I'm guessing this was a week or so ago. I'm so sorry, sweetheart. Um, let's see now. She said she was not Catholic. She did... She did believe in God and Jesus Christ. Well, this is good. The complicated part is my mother suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. She was very severely mentally ill. I don't know how uh, culpability works in this case. I don't know if she was ever baptized either. I'm not looking for a feel-good answer if there is none. I have no idea what traditional doctrine teaches here. So I just need the truth. Are there prayers I can say for her? Is there anything I can even do? Thank you, and God bless Mia. Absolutely, Mia. Absolutely. Um, God alone knows a person's culpability. Someone who is severely mentally ill um, has a much, much lower culpability than you and I. So God alone knows that. The fact that she believed in God and Jesus is a really very, very good um, uh, maybe she, I don't know if you can get a hold of any of the family to know if she was baptized, but I, I don't think that's an issue at this point. Um, uh, I have been praying every night for many, many, many years for some uh, people that I know who died, <clears throat> relatives of mine, in fact, who um, I have no way of knowing that they ever, ever understood who God was or ever gave their lives to Christ. And of course, uh, their backgrounds are Jewish, but that doesn't mean that God hadn't enlightened their hearts. So um, I pray for them every night. I haven't missed a night, and it's been, um, uh, I don't know, 30 years. Um, no, 40 years, actually. 40 years. So, um, but I pray every single night for them. And because I know that God is outside of time and that he et- He answers prayers retroactively. So that means if uh, the prayers for your mom uh, that you pray now, God is outside of time. You can pray the rosary for her. You can pray especially the chaplet of divine mercy for her. You can pray the memorari. You can pray any prayers at all. Uh, our Father, the Hail Marys, you could pray any prayers at all and make them for your mom. Um, and God can use them. And he can take the prayers you pray now and attribute it to her uh, in time before she died. So if somebody dies, um, let me just say, um, it, the state in which one dies is their state for all eternity. If one dies in a state of grace, uh, they can be with God from all eternity. If they don't die in a state of grace, they're not with God for all eternity. That's it. Nothing happens after you die. However, when we pray for those who have died after their death, I don't know what God does. 
but he can take it um, and apply our prayers now to their life prior to their death so that if they die in a state of grace, it could be because of our prayers now. If they died out of a state of grace, nothing will help them, including our prayers. But we pray for them now. God could apply that to their life prior to their death, and um, they could enter eternity in a state of grace because of our prayers now, uh, all outside of time. It's a little complicated, but it's an enormous gift of God. So um, I would be at peace, Mia, and put your hands, your mom in your heart in the hands of an all-loving, all-wise, perfect God to know that the God of the whole earth will do what is right and be at peace. That doesn't mean she'll be in heaven. It doesn't mean she won't be in heaven. You have to leave her with God, knowing that God alone knew her heart, and he will do what is right. Okay, we have an email. Excuse me. A little frog in my throat. I don't know how people called it a frog. If I had a a real frog in my throat, I would... I'd be, uh, I wouldn't be sitting here so um, calm with you right now. <laughs> so we have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, my husband and I are seeking your advice on a very painful subject in our family that we've been dealing with for quite some time. My son is 43. He has some challenges with social skills and has an obesity problem for which he has been teased about his whole life. He has a few friends, but not many. He has been married for two years, and his wife comes from a very dysfunctional family with a history of verbal abuse. Oh, this is awful. My daughter-in-law shared with us that as a child, she was bullied by schoolmates. They do not have any children. When my son and his wife were first married, she began making negative comments about his eating habits and the types of shirts he wore well shame on her <clears throat> she knew that before she married him and and she should be um she should be quiet um i am painfully sorry to say that none of us his sister or my husband or i have ever spoken up to her and for this i do not understand i think it's because we just do not know how to approach the problem um And we do not know if our son is talking to her. We have never shared our feelings with him about this. The reason I'm writing to you now is that a situation happened recently, which was the last straw, as they say. A few weeks ago, all of my family were playing a game in our backyard. My son was not familiar with the game, but his wife was. At one point, he made a mistake and moved one of the balls we were playing with, and she actually yelled, in the most demeaning voice in front of everyone, quote, you weren't supposed to do that, go sit down, end quote. I sat there in shock, and I'm sure our family did also. Our son just went and sat down and didn't say anything. What a horrible way to talk to someone, especially your husband. It has gone on all of this time, and this last situation I just described was in front of other relatives of ours, so the verbal abuse seems to be getting worse. I was wondering if you could share some words of wisdom with us and direct us as how to handle this painful situation. His sister is handling it by not wanting to be with her. 
Thank you for all you do. I have listened to you for years and have gained so much knowledge about my Catholic faith. You are a gift to us all. Well, blessed be God. And she said, I wanted to add that my husband and I have been praying about this. We love your surrender, Novena. That's great. A sincerely anonymous, yes. Okay, well, we have 30 seconds to our closing music, dear one, maybe even less now. Um, I would try to get your husband's wife aside, uh, your brother's wife aside, your son's wife aside. Get her aside. Uh, Take her to lunch. Do something and say, you know, we know you have struggles of your own in your own abusive, dysfunctional background. But um, you married our son knowing he was overweight, knowing he had an eating problem, seeing the shirts he wears, and that you accepted him. Love accepts. Love covers a multitude of sins for you to marry him and then destroy him by your verbal abuse and your lack of acceptance and unconditional love is going to destroy both of you and your marriage. Um, And I would try to urge her to get psychological help, both of them. Okay, God bless you, beloved, and we'll be with you tomorrow, God willing.